0: Coming to you in hypersonic, ultra-maximum high-definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro... It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 187, brought to you by the good people over at Fandango. To pick yourself up some movie tickets or gift card for the movie fan in your life, cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, or click the Fandango uh, link at the top of the page, or the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, It's Anthony Lewis, Glenn Beauvais, and we're here to talk movies. Literally, last time when I signed off, Glenn, uh, I mentioned we were going to watch movies, and then come back and review them. And that's all we are doing because there's just not a whole lot of news uh, right now in the in the world of cinema because uh, Comic-Con is coming soon and a lot of news will probably be bursting out of there as it relates to TV and movies. So, just stuff we have watched. Glenn has watched uh, a fair sight more movies than I have. Uh, I've only watched a couple uh the big one being Spider Man Far From Home, we'll talk about that last. Uh so let's start with which which came out earlier, Glenn? Was it Midsummer or yesterday that came out
1: earlier? Well, technically the one you saw came out before. Well yeah,
0: I saw Rocket Man. Do you want me to start with Rocket Man since that no, came we can, out I mean it's,
1: no, it's it makes more sense to alternate that way. Uh yesterday came out first.
0: Okay, so let me hear about yesterday. I, I was really interested to see this. And I've heard mixed feelings, so I'm curious to know what you thought.
1: Uh, I liked it. There's a lot of stuff in the trailer that's not there in the movie. Hmm. Um, and I'm glad, because I think whenever we saw the trailer, the, my biggest pet peeve of it was when he goes like on the late, late show with James Corden, yeah. and he sings to the actress from uh, Blade Runner. And mm-hmm. it's like they show the shot of Lily James. And it's like, oh, she's singing to this beautiful woman. Oh, I'm jealous. And it's like, no, like you were Cinderella. Like you're, you're still a gorgeous woman. (laughs) Yeah. It's just stupid. Uh, so that like whole thing is not in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they do. It is a thing where she's in love with him and he's kind of oblivious to it. Uh, kind of deal. And it's very much so like a groundhog day, start but as the movie goes on it's very much so they're like no 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 we're not making groundhog day guys and it's like no it's okay if you end it like groundhog day nope 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 we're not doing groundhog day and it's like no i mean it's it'd be okay if you did it like yeah that was kind of my problem is like as the movie went on it just seemed like they were trying to fight the cliches instead of just like no it's it's okay this stuff works like Mm -hmm. you don't have to that but there, there's a few surprises, but no, I liked it. I mean, uh, I don't really like Across the Universe, so the mm-hmm. fact that they how they use the music in this, you know, it's a lot more uh natural, it isn't just going into song set pieces that are trying to set the stage for a story that's not really there, yeah. So the fact that it, they're more of like a side thing, but no, it was it was good. Kate McKinnon's pretty good in it, um. Uh, you know, if you hated Ed Sheeran before, you know he does a good job of making you hate him during this. So <laughs> on
0: purpose, or
1: yeah, on purpose. I oh, I think okay. he he definitely leans into like Ed Sheeran, some of the songwriter. Yeah,
0: know. some of the perception or whatever.
1: Yeah, he hmm. he does a good job of leaning it too, which you know I would say makes you like him in real life. The fact that he kind of leans into it like that, but yeah. Um, but no, it was it was fun. It was cute. Um, it definitely could have been a lot better, but no, it was. I liked it. It was. It was a cute movie. It, you could turn it on. It goes by pretty quick, and then did they you ever? Know, you can go into the next thing.
0: I don't want to go too heavy into spoil. Well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter, but because uh, we're gonna spoil the hell out of Spider Man later. Uh, but did they ever address like the one thing that kept popping into my mind when I was thinking about this movie, which is, does anyone ever question? where he gets the
1: ideas for these songs. Him. Yes. Yes, yes, they do. So whenever he talks about some of the songs like where that comes from, uh, he just uses the real stories. So like Hey Jude is a song that Paul McCartney wrote about uh John Lennon's son. So, yes. so like he says that and like I think he's selling it to Ed Sheeran and he's like, I don't believe you. He's like, No, that's that is what it's about. <laughs> and he's like I just, I think mean, it turns it more of like, I just can't believe how good of a songwriter you are. This is amazing. Does he tell him um, the real
0: story of like the Beatles and they just,
1: yeah. Yeah. But he tries to adopt it as zone and that's, um, we're like certain people who are detractors. So like, um, who think the music's good, but they actually like some of his original songs better because, uh, the songs he's singing and quote unquote writing are amazing, but it's like, you don't know where they come from. Like there's nothing behind it. They're just beautiful lyrics and musical music notes. It's just no actual soul to it. So it does become a quite, and that was, and he kind of deals with it and he talks about, he's like, I just didn't know, you know, the problem that I have is I don't know if these songs are good or is, are they good because of who made them? And it's, as the movie goes on it, some of the songs like he tries to co-opt as his own mm-hmm. um so like certain ones that definitely reflect on his own personal struggle uh those are like the better moments versus like certain songs that he just sings and there's you know he's just singing it to sing it but um there's not that and you know if we're gonna go in the spoilers you know there's a couple of people in the world that also remember the beatles and Ooh. so you think they're going to do this whole thing of like, oh, they're going to, you know, reveal them to the world. And yes, they do a nice little twist with that, you know, which is kind of neat. Cause I would imagine whatever, you know, say you're the only one who remembered Metallica. And then this five other guys come through and make Metallica music. Mm-hmm. Are you going to want to like, you know, disprove them to the world? Or you can be like, oh, you know what? I hope everyone gets to enjoy Metallica the way I enjoy Metallica. So it becomes kind of sure. like that dynamic. So it's, um uh, it's fun in that regard like there's little twists and turns that they do but um it's fun uh you know you only get to meet one beetle in the movie but i'm not gonna tell you who it is uh it's just it is it is kind of is weird
0: <laughs> well i mean there's only like a couple of them remaining right so
1: you're right there is only two of them alive in our universe you are correct
0: i see Okay, that might be a that might be a spoiler, but uh, well, how about we, how about we just save that one a little bit
1: for yeah, people yeah, who, no, I'm not gonna
0: everyone everyone should pro. So, would you recommend then? Uh, what yeah, I recommend
1: it? it. If you like the Beatles, if you like the music. Um, I would say, like, it's a good date movie, especially if you, like, Russell, Robbie loves the Beatles. She mm-hmm. loves, loves, loves them. Yeah. And I like them. You know, they're the Beatles. Like, I feel yeah. like you're an idiot if you don't appreciate what they are to music. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, no, it was a fun date movie. It was funny. We were by far the youngest people there, but everyone who was in there was just couples, you know, and. Yep. You know we kind of sat next to these people and you know you're kind of nodding your head along because they're just they're good songs like you, they're easy to sing to mm-hmm. so in that regard like it's just a good you know if you had a group together maybe watch it you know it's kind of you know how some people watch certain musicals and seeing them all the time like rocky horror picture show like it's just it works in that setting yeah so, no it was good it was cute um it didn't feel like it was two hours long like it was, but it was it was good. It was solid.
0: Ah, so what would you what would you give it on the old geeky glasses? Uh, like a three
1: seven five.
0: Oh, that's not bad at all.
1: No, it's it's good.
0: Worth a watch. Uh mm-hmm. it's still on my watch list. Uh well speaking of uh music films, uh, I watched Rocketman, which is the latest in the music biopic thing, but this one is like way more of a musical. In fact, it's a musical. Uh, and weirdly enough, like it's like between this and like Aladdin, which uh, I wasn't in <laughs> love with Aladdin, but I enjoyed Aladdin. Uh, between that movie and, and Rocket Man here, Glenn, I feel like I'm starting to turn the corner on musicals, which is weird because I was a staunch anti like anti-musical, uh, film watcher. Like I just just
1: needing more joy in your life in different ways.
0: I guess like prior to like rocket man or like Aladdin, my favorite musicals, my favorite musical was like the South park movie. Uh, so, which is actually a pretty good musical, but it
1: is a good musical, uh, Oscar nominated musical.
0: That's right. Uh, I thought rocket man was excellent. uh, I recognize uh, that it is a better film than Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, kind of in a lot of ways. But I, like, I, I still have that you know take it with a grain of salt bias about Queen. I like Queen more than I like Elton John. Uh, therefore, I have a better time like just watching Bohemian Rhapsody overall. I love that movie more. But uh, Rocket Man is so good and this is uh, a case where it's, so it's starring Taron Egerton from Kingsman fame, and he sings all of the songs uh, in the, in the film. So he doesn't exactly sound like Elton John. He's got like, he's reminiscent of Elton John, but it's mostly just him singing it. And he's really good. And this is different from most biopics in that it does kind of cover The life of Elton John, but it does so through, uh, you know, the setting of a musical. So it's not one of these things where you'll watch it and you'll be like, that didn't happen in real life. Like, no, not in real, like in real life, Elton John did not start singing a song while drowning in a pool when he like tried to kill himself and he wasn't singing with his younger self who was also at the bottom of the pool. Uh, they people didn't float on stage when he was, like, singing. There's a lot of crazy visuals, uh, but it's all really good. There's a lot of incredible... Just from, like, a filmmaking standpoint, there's a lot of really cool transitions, uh, stuff that I would wasn't really expecting. Uh, and it's surprisingly heartfelt uh, as well, uh, because the movie is essentially... Takes, the, the movie essentially takes place during a time when Elton John went to rehab to uh, clean up from all of his uh, various addictions and issues. And the movie is telling his story, but every now and again they come back to him during rehab and it becomes really clear, like, it, the movie is also about Elton John coming to grips with Reginald Dwight. His, mm-hmm. his real name, that person, because he stopped being that person a long time ago. And the movie is also about him coming to terms with, you know, that person or who he used to be, that sort of thing. And it's really heartfelt. It's a really good movie full of really good performances. I don't really have that much negative to say about it. Uh, I gave it four and a half. Uh, and it's definitely one of the better movies I've seen this year. I thought it was excellent. Uh, so that brings us to the next thing you watched, Glenn, which is midsummer, yes, yeah, which is a horror movie
1: i've I've gathered it's sure, okay, um <laughs> i me personally, there was only like two things that made me feel tense and super uncomfortable, and one of them isn't necessarily a horror trope thing oh, it's yeah. just like a phobia of mine, sure. Uh, I I hate when people... I hate it in movies when, like, someone grabs, like, a knife or a broken glass and, like, slice their hand open. I hate it. It's, like, mm. it really, like, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. um So, like, that's one of the things that make me uncomfortable. But, again, it's not, like, a horror trope thing. No. Uh, but, no, it's... I don't know. I It's definitely disturbing and, and really effed up. But I feel like they kind of set the grounds pretty early as to what you're getting into so to me i just found it more interesting and trying to learn about this commune and this culture so essentially what it is there's this girl she has a lot of trauma in her life well this woman there's a lot of trauma in her life and she's dating this guy and oh hold on let's let's start wait till nah, we weed her outside goes away <laughs> I don't know if you want to timestamp this or not.
0: I mean, I can't even hear it.
1: Oh, really? Because it's... I can't. Uh, okay, they're gone. So. Yeah, one, we're good. One, two, three. So, you know, Midsommar is about this woman who has a lot of trauma that happens to her in her life. Uh, She's kind of dating a guy who, you know, we all love this popular term now for psychology, gaslighting. Mm -hmm. He gaslights her. Uh, And he's just, he's just a shitty boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, you're not really in it, but, you know, kind of feels like he's stuck because he doesn't want to be the jerk that breaks up with her after her sister kills herself and her whole family. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) like. You know, it feels trapped in that way. It's kind of like Gone Girl, but definitely not in his perspective. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he's like trying to come up with his thesis or really his dissert- dissertation for his PhD. And his other friends are working on their PhDs. And one of them, uh, he, his whole thesis is about uh, the summer solstice traditions. So they have a friend that they have met in college who is from Sweden, and he's from a commune, which to me was like first red flag. I'm like, why would you agree to go to a commune that's all the way up in Sweden, yeah, five hours north of Stockholm, middle of nowhere. Like, what, what do you think's going to happen? Uh, and so they get there, and, and it is a little trippy because they take, like, shrooms, and they definitely drug them. So whenever our outsiders get drugged, it's definitely, like... The colors are moving and it's definitely pretty trippy and it throws you off um and you know slowly but surely of course you know these people die one by one again and they're all shitty so i don't really root for them for i guess that's what makes it a horror movie is when you (laughs) feel like the people deserve to to die um i'm not necessarily rooting for them but to me i just found it like just fascinating of just like trying to figure little stuff out you know you see all the runes so you know kind of having flashbacks like god of war and that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. what part was like traditional christianity or contemporary tradi- tradi- eh, contemporary christianity yeah you know mixed with like traditional christianity and paganism uh, so it's like a lot of those kind of factors you know early christianity kind of bl- blended into that so I-, I found that kind of stuff you know really interesting and fascinating and uh really just this community you know it's uh I don't necessarily disagree, I mean, obviously when they start doing human sacrifices at the end, but, you know, like, everything to them, it's about balance, and um, you can tell that they're all happy, they all love each other, like, it's, you can definitely tell that this is a paradise, but just like any utopia or paradise, that there's going to be a cost with that, and if you're not growing up in that cult, or that commune, uh, you're definitely not going to see if the cost is worth it, so it's just kind of, things unravel, and Uh, they have this part of the summer solstice they have this Miss May pageant kind of thing and the whole thing is that there's this woman years and years and years ago uh, who um, danced until her feet collapsed and uh, saved their village of some sort from a demon possessed bear and cast it in fire uh, to keep the evil spirits out. I should also mention, um, this is the same guy who made hereditary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Uh, so it's definitely in the same vein as far as some of the, like you, I definitely noticed some of the runes in this that were in, uh, hereditary. So it, it's more of like, this community is trying to keep the demons at bay. So they're not, you know, necessarily like the devil worshipers, like in the other one. Yes. Um, there are naked people in this, uh, and it's this one's way more uncomfortable than the other movie. <laughs> really, the, the naked, naked people show up. What, you'll you'll laugh, but as it goes on, you're like, "Wow, this is really weird." Uh, so, Ooh, okay. I I just I found it interesting. I liked it. Um, I didn't love it like a lot of my friends did. Yeah. I also thought the message in this one was a lot uh, simpler and easier to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely see that the director likes to deal with mental illness so like she definitely has a lot of anxiety and that kind of stuff so for her this movie is about like her overcoming her anxieties and yes that means purging of her boyfriend and that kind of stuff so it's like all these people they're all kind of shitty people like they all definitely have their own tics and quirks so it's really about like her overcoming her own uh you know anxiety and any type of mental disorders that she has so it's more of just her overcoming herself to be a strong and and i guess contempt not not really happy um but not just so like constantly being led by her fears so that's really what the movie is about just someone overcoming their fears their anxieties you know and just being more comfortable in their own skin but it's just Mm. you know done in a commune that has to do sacrifices every year uh so (laughs) that they can keep balance and live in this paradise
0: yeah just freshening up the location for this theme uh this movie theme Uh, yeah
1: it's not it's you know the reason why i say that is because like you know in hereditary the quote-unquote bad guys win Mm -hmm. um I know whenever you and I talked about it, I I didn't like the message because to me, it's like you're saying that these people who have these mental disorders who obviously need help, but at, at the end of the day, the movie's message is like, oh no, these people are correct. And so I don't Yeah, think, they could be right. Yes. I think that is a really problematic message in the broadest sense. And yeah. I think with this movie, it, it's definitely not that. So... Yeah. Um you know it's it's more of her just overcoming herself and, and versus uh the mom being right and then the mom cutting her head off and then a demon possessing her son like it's definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not as supernatural as that there's definitely yeah. odd supernatural things that happen but it's way more grounded than what happens in hereditary especially the end
0: yeah was so. this uh, was this um A24, who did this? Yes, it was A24. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so, you know, they're kind of known for these. The kind of obscure, low-budget horror uh, movie-ish thing. Swiss
1: Army Man. uh,
0: Oh yeah, they make all sorts of, yeah.
1: Yeah, they make a bunch of weird shit. So, I mean, I like a lot of their stuff, so. Yeah, I feel
0: like they have a fairly good track record. Yeah. Uh, So what would you give Midsummer?
1: Uh, I'd give it, uh, like a four. Okay. I don't know if I liked it so much, but I give it a lot of points because Mm -hmm. we kind of made a group chat, but it's definitely in a movie I can talk about. Like if you get interested in it, it's definitely one of those like, Oh, I could watch this again and try and like piece things together. Like what does the lore mean? Like what is, how is this interpreted? Like how the world is very interesting where I feel like Mm -hmm. in hereditary, the world wasn't as interesting. Yeah. Um, was pretty straightforward, whereas this one there's a lot more intrigue. So that's what I mean. Like I I didn't really find it much of a horror movie because it's like again like I don't want to watch a horror movie where I don't root for the protagonist. Mm-hmm. So in uh, this one where I'm really only rooting for one of them and the other ones like ah oh, fuck it they can die and you know they're gonna die. Yeah. Uh, so it's it was just it was it was neat. Just the the rules of this commune I found really fascinating.
0: Um. All right. So. Let's close things out. Spoiler, 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 spoiler alert, everybody. All the spoilers. We're going to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home, the follow-up movie to Avengers Endgame, and uh, the closing chapter in Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I don't know, Glenn, if this uh, superhero fatigue is set in yet, because... uh, we're what a week a week in, and they're well over a half billion dollars worldwide already for the Spider-Man movie. So it's sitting at almost six hundred million dollars worldwide. Uh, do it's doing okay. They may make a third Spider-Man movie, I think, based off of the box office and critical res, uh, critical results for this film. But uh, yeah, we should probably should probably talk about it. Uh,
1: Spider-Man's had a hell of a twelve months.
0: really has are you including like the video game in here as well yes
1: the video game that i started playing yesterday
0: oh so i'm i mean look this isn't the gaming podcast but are you having fun i've had i had a blast playing that game
1: oh yeah i think i've done four missions of the main story because every time side stuff comes up i just fly around the city and do it yeah yeah i'm loving it so far uh I I was worried that it was going to feel like an Arkham knockoff, and it doesn't because the fighting is is just different enough. Because like with the Arkham games, like you just you're Batman, you're a badass, and you can beat the shit out of fifty guys at once. Yeah. Whereas with this one, three guys got a gun. You're it's a bit problematic at this point. <laughs> so I, I'm glad it's a little bit different. It's a little it's more challenging than that way. Yes, uh, and so it. it it keeps it... It's familiar, but it's it's different enough to where I'm not like, oh, this is just a complete rip-off. So yeah. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I platinum that game. I haven't finished the DLC yet because other games got in the way, but I've had so much fun playing it. Like, I love it as much, if not in some ways a little bit more, than some of the Arkham games. It's really similar, but... Uh, like,
1: it's really like a better version of Arkham Knight.
0: Yeah, like flying through the city as Batman is really cool, but oh, it's so much more fun to swing through the city as Spider Man.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is. It takes a little bit is. of getting used to.
0: It does, but uh, once you nail it, oh man, oh, it's yeah. so it's so much fun to to navigate around the city. It's a huge map. I've had yeah. so much fun, and the and the uh, the acting, everything in it is really good. Uh, I've really I've really enjoyed that game. Uh, So, yeah, there's that. There's Spider-Verse. Obviously huge. And I I suppose this is news, but there's not much to talk about. They just announced the thing that we already knew, which is they're making a sequel to Spider-Verse. But they announced that officially. Uh, Yeah. And then, obviously, there's Spider-Man's appearances in Avengers, but then, obviously, this film as well. And, you know, the crazy thing is, you'd think with all this Spider-Man stuff flooding in to pop culture that there'd be some sort of overload, but it doesn't seem to. They all all of these properties feel just different enough that people are okay going to see all of them and they're not feeling like they're burned out on Spider Man because they're all just a little different enough.
1: Well it's nice that they're using different villains in a way. Yes. You know, like the bad guy like none of the bad guys in the Spider Verse movie have been in either of these two Live action Spider Man movies. I mean, I guess Scorpion, but I mean, not really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, when you're not just relying on the same bad guys, it's not like you're getting Green Goblin for every damn storyline. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll be in this video game, but <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not, uh, it's not how it started. Actually,
0: I don't think he is in the game. If I'm being Maybe he is? I don't really remember. If he is, he's, it's like not for long. I know there's something with um, the Osbournes, but...
1: Yeah, because Oscorp is like, you know, he tears down Octavius's lap, essentially. Yeah,
0: I think they're teasing. I think they might be teasing... Uh, that for like a sequel game or something, but
1: yeah, I mean, I hope they make another game. It's it's been fun.
0: It's yeah. excellent. Uh, but this movie is what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> first spoiler right out of the gate. I mean, you probably should have figured this out anyway. Uh, but Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, a bad guy, not the not a good guy, as uh, the trailer tried to paint him. Uh, not surprising, but the whole character's arc is. Or I mean, even in the comic books, his whole thing is deception. Um, mm-hmm.
1: He's a special effects guy.
0: Yeah, and he's kind of that in this film too. But they found a way to tie it to the to the M- events of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing but that I made,
1: and it made a lot of sense too. It was it sure did. So you know, again, it's the what Tony's done to people on yeah. his ascent. Tony Coming the ultimate hero. You Tony know.
0: Stark still creating villains even after his death.
1: Yeah. Like... <laughs> is that not his true legacy?
0: That really is his real legacy. Uh, but, yeah. So, I really liked Far From Home. Uh, it's not that it I was I liked it more than Homecoming. Yeah, me too. Uh, it wasn't that I uh, wasn't interested in seeing this, but... After Endgame, I was just like, I'm not sure what they can do from here. But uh, they kind of do sort of like a, you know, kind of like a soft restart a little bit. It's not like we forget everything from Endgame. In fact, they bring up a lot of stuff. Um, They bring up the, the Snap, which nobody there calls the Snap because nobody knows about that. They just know that people, you know like got dusted and then came back so they call it the blip I think is what they call it people blipped yeah. out and then blipped back uh there was a lot of this is like explained through the uh, the school news broadcast uh, which by the way that Whitney Houston tribute video at the beginning uh stupendous uh, but yeah the uh so there's it's not like they but it's not like they really dwell on it too much. This is sort of like setting things in motion or opening the door a little bit for things going forward. Uh, I'm curious to know what you think about uh, Gyllenhaal's Mysterio because I'm on the fence as to whether or not he was one of these like well-reasoned but ultimately villain of the week Marvel villains or if he was something more or a bit better.
1: I He definitely had flavors of being Villain of the Week. Mm-hmm. But I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought soon he was As as he did
1: the mustache twirly turn. Yes. Um, and did the crazy Nightcrawler version of Jake Gyllenhaal, I was like, yeah, yes. I'm in. <laughs> because I will say, like, the beginning half, it's like, okay, so he's a bad guy. But they do such a good job of, like, I was generally surprised when they did the whole bar disintegrates into
0: oh yeah it was all in an nothingness
1: i was like what the holy shit so this is how they're okay i was like okay well cool you know i didn't know if they were gonna do like a he turned bad because power got to him like i thought that's what they were gonna do with the glasses but yeah the way that they did it i was that was cool
0: yeah And that his character is a former disgruntled Stark Industries employee. He's the person who created the...
1: All of them are disgruntled. Oh, yeah, everyone who
0: works for him is a a former disgruntled Stark employee. Uh, And Quentin Beck is the person who developed the holographic technology that we see Tony Stark using in Captain America Civil War. They flash back to that. Uh, Also on his team is the guy that... uh, Oh, God, what was his name? Uh, Stain. Uh, infamously yelled at when he couldn't replicate Tony Stark's yeah. uh, arc reactor ability. Tony Stark built this in a cave!
1: Wait, what? was that really the guy from Stained?
0: Uh, no, no, no. What God, what's his name? Uh, Obadiah Stain.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry.
1: 'Cause he was bald. I was thinking the yes. lead singer of Thane the country star now. So <laughs> I was like, Wait, is that really I don't remember.
0: No, no, no. He was the scientist that Obadiah <laughs> yeah, Stane yeah, yelled yeah, at yeah. No, you're talking in about Iron Man that. One. Uh I was
1: just like, Holy shit, that I did not realize that was him.
0: <laughs> and the and it was and look, it was also kind of a brilliant exposition dump uh from Quentin Beck to be like, Here's who I really am and here's who everybody on my team is And they um only a couple of them really get these flashbacks. The rest of them are just, you know, people who are helping him. But essentially... his
1: Ra-Ra Wolf of Wall Street speech.
0: Yes. And essentially, Mysterio is a showman. He's... Yeah. He created... The elementals are all holographic, uh, using Stark Industry drones that help create the holographic imagery. But the drones are also capable of blowing up things, which is why they can do... Um, real damage and they're not just um, see-through. And most of what Mysterio does as well is holographically created as well and Beck is just controlling it uh, from a distance. And his goal is to... He feels like he's the smartest person in the room and that he should have been given recognition. You know, not Tony Stark, not people who shoot lasers from their hands. None of this crazy shit. He should be the one. uh, And he just wants to create... Havoc and then come and save the day and ulti- his ultimate goal is to create an Avengers level event and then solve it fix it by himself and then he will finally be recognized as the the hero the world deserves that sort of thing yeah. uh, and Nick Fury He's
1: basically booster gold gone wrong
0: yeah so Nick Fury brings in uh, Nick Fury is working with him and he brings in Spider-Man to assist uh, and Peter is very reluctant because he's he's going on this school trip. He wants to, you know, he wants to hook up with MJ. He wants to tell her how he feels about her. And after Tony's death, which was essentially another father figure for Peter, who is now who has now died on his watch, essentially, he just doesn't really want to be Spider Man right now. He's he's done. He's good with that. Uh, he just wants to go on his vacation and be with his friends, uh, but Nick Fury, of course, ropes him into this. And Peter trusts—he uh, trusts Mysterio. Uh, Nick Fury's given him like Tony Stark's glasses that he had in the like Infinity War, uh, and it contains like all of his database, all all the Tony Stark stuff. It's an Iron Man rolled into glasses, essentially, uh, giving him access to everything in the Stark Industries database. And Peter decides that uh, this wasn't meant for him. He gives it to Quentin Beck, and that was his goal all along, to get his hands on these. Uh, And eventually, uh, with the help of MJ, Peter figures out that uh, Mysterio isn't who he claims to be. MJ also... Deduces that Peter is Spider-Man, although she claims to have known more than she leads on. Because uh, when Peter actually comes clean to her, she's surprised that she was right. Uh,
1: sixty-six percent sure that he she was sixty-six
0: was percent sure. Um, and I think she says sixty-seven. Yes, and then Peter has to kind of embrace becoming the next. Tony Stark, kind of. This is something he doesn't want to do, but he sort of ends up embracing it and has to go stop Mysterio, which he does. So, uh, kind of overall thoughts, Glenn, or things that you dug or didn't dig about Far From Home?
1: Um, No, there. I didn't really have a problem with it. I mean, the only thing I had a problem with is the very, very last post credit scene.
0: Okay, so yeah.
1: I didn't like it being the scrolls. That was the only thing where I was like, oh, Jesus. I mean, okay. I know okay,
0: so yeah, it's... we should note that in the post credit scene...
1: I mean, one of them is absolutely amazing. I, it blew my mind, and the way that they did it, awesome.
0: So, uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are revealed to actually be Talos and Soren, the scrolls from uh, Captain Marvel... And do they hint that they've been Fury and Hill? I mean, they've been Fury and Hill the whole time in this movie. And the real Nick Fury is directing them. He's in command of a Skrull ship in space. Yeah. But does this mean that that he's been Fury since the 90s? Or has he been Fury since... Blipped back into existence.
1: I would assume blip.
0: Okay. Okay, because that's it's it's hard to know for sure. Uh, They don't really say, but um, so you didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't enjoy that.
1: Uh, I just. It felt like a little
0: weird nod. In the
1: movie, like the only thing I can say is it does make sense just in the fact of like. Sam Jackson did seem a little bit different in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He seemed like how he was in Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. Which, again, if it's Talos, that's the one he's most...
0: Familiar with.
1: Familiar with. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to mimic that Nick Fury first. So, I will say Nick Fury did feel weird to me during mm-hmm. the movie like as funny as it was when he said bitch please you've been to space, space yes it was more <laughs> it is like in the context of nick fury it was a little odd mm-hmm. now because then it's like oh is sam jackson is getting lazy just being sam jackson now yeah um you know versus being like the scary ominous guys like and i learned to keep both eyes open like instead of just being that guy like he definitely has turned more into sam jackson yeah. So in that context, like it works in that regard, but it is weird that no one else would have picked up on that, mm-hmm. uh, especially Spider Man with the spidey sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Peter Tingle.
1: Or Peter Tingle.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but no, I mean, really, other than that, um, I didn't have a problem uh, with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I I went just like I said with Aladdin. I mm. wish we would have had more MJ and Peter Parker, just because it was hard to tell how good their chemistry was in the first movie and throughout the first half of this one. Yeah, but once she knows, it's like, oh wow, these guys play off each other so well. There's yep. definitely something there. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish we didn't waste one and a half movie to get to this point. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, they
0: were. I thought they were great. So they did give like Zendaya uh, a lot more to do in this movie. Yeah. Uh, they also gave um... I lo-
1: I love Brad. I lo- I love the idea of Brad who's a kid who was like younger than them and now is oh. in their grade. I will say the whole conceit of the beginning of the movie of
0: I thought that um, was awesome.
1: The graduating classes moving up and then now there's people who were younger than them is now their age and yeah, yes. I, that whole thing was was awesome.
0: I thought that was I thought that was great. Um they gave a, a lot I mean, uh uh jacob battle ned on, plays ned was he good. gets more yeah yeah because ned gets ned hooks up with uh with betsy brand uh or betty betty brand and uh basically it's like uh mj ned betty and flash get like a lot to do in this movie Uh, And we get more Martin Starr as well as Mr. Harrington, the teacher.
1: Well, Uh, him and J.B. Smooth both. Yes,
0: J.B. Smooth also gets a lot of uh, good moments in this. Especially, like, the as a science teacher thing that he says an awful lot. He's just like, it's witches. Yeah,
1: as a man of science, it's 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 witches. witches. He's great. I also am glad that on our science trip, we haven't done any science because of witches.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh... (laughs) I thought, yeah, I thought the the supporting cast was all really good in this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, and this was really more than anything. This was a Peter Parker movie more than it was Spider Man. Uh, yeah. This was really following his, you know, coming through uh, the the tail end of his his grieving process for Tony Stark, uh, and kind of following that journey of him embracing. The, I mean, I mean, you know, the Spider-Man, the, the mantra, right? The, with great power comes great responsibility or whatever. And this is Peter really embracing the responsibility that is now kind of put in front of him. Like Tony gave him those glasses. He's given him his confidence to, to be the next Iron Man kind of without being Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully much better. In the decision-making department. Um, but yeah, there's Off a... To a
1: rough start in the decision-making department.
0: I love that... Uh, I love that... Mo- Favreau gets another great moment in this. Mm-hmm. Where uh, he picks up Peter. And he's helping him. He's got like a Stark jet that's got a suit fabrication machine in the back of it. Because of course it does. And he's <laughs> watching peter start to make a new spider-man suit and he's working just like tony stark pulling all those holograms and shit down mm-hmm. and like favro just has this look it's so perfect uh it's so great because you know tony stark was his best friend and he knows what he wanted for peter parker and he's seeing it happen it reminds him of his But best also friend.
1: think of it in the medicine yeah you know for him he's seeing like Iron Man was his first directed movie in the you know for the MCU and it's like mm-hmm. oh you know I'm the one who created this and now now look who the torch is passed to is it yeah look where we thing? are
0: yeah. yeah I'm sure that I'm sure that all played into the perform like it was just a great little moment
1: that whole scene was good like when he's yeah. talking about how he misses him too yeah and you know and he's like you know and Tony was a mess you know I was there for the you know essentially the drunken nights and the oh yeah and it's uh. You know, because the whole time it's just this imagery of Tony Stark being a god, essentially, you know, or a deadly yes. god. Yes. And the fact that he knew the man and, like, you know, Tony couldn't live up to him. No. Uh, you know, yeah, like he was things. giving him the so donor. And worry the stuff with Marissa Tomei, like, that stuff was fun. Oh, like, yes. When he's outside, like, especially outside the jet, and he's like, hey, we need to talk about you dating my aunt. And he just, as soon as he flies off, he just has that look of, like, oh, yep. yeah, I know we do, don't we? And yeah, then, uh, yeah you know, he gets a, he gets a, he's definitely, to me, I found him as the scene stealer. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and somewhat Flash Thompson, because every single stop of just like, hey, Flash Mob, and it's like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Gen Z, am I right? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> but it was just, it was, but in the fact that they used that of how to find him, like, oh, yeah. of course, like, yeah, this is, you know, um, but. Can we talk about the greatest thing in this whole movie, which is the first post-credit scene?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, we probably should get to this. So I mean, we should
1: probably really talk about the movie more, but just like, well, this the is fact important. That they did this is is the best.
0: This is important. So uh, after everything, uh, you know, after after everything, Peter returns to New York to begin his relationship with MJ. Like, he meets up with her for, like, a swing date, because apparently she's just like, yeah. I want to go swinging through the city. So yeah. he does, and then... Like, I'm that's glad where...
1: she eats goggles.
0: <laughs> they, go to, they go to credits, like, because he's, like, swinging, and he kind of, like, drops her. And she's like, ah! And he's like, crap. And, like, that's where the movie goes to credits. Uh, so the mid-credits scene is, obviously, at some point, he caught her, and they continued swinging. But they stop, and she's just like, I don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> like, no thanks, I've had... I'm a one and done with this. Uh, but then, uh, like a breaking news thing comes up on the screens. I don't know if they're in times square or wherever they are. Uh, no, it's but,
1: Madison square garden.
0: Oh, is it MSG? Okay. I
1: know because of playing the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So I didn't I actually, I've been on that. Attention. I've
1: been on that street corner, so. but
0: there's a breaking news. There's a breaking news report from the daily net oh, Cause it's man. 2019 Glenn. And newspapers do not exist.
1: No, no. No, it doesn't.
0: And there's a breaking news report from J. Jonah Jameson. Played by J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know he and has... It's
1: just Alex Jones. Oh, my God. It's the best. Yeah. Well, it's...
0: Well, I mean, he's essentially... Uh... I mean, he's essentially the same... Character from the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah, it felt like uh, uh, the delivery, the delivery, and everything was the same. But the the character is, um, you know, supposed to be more.
1: He's Alex Jones. Like, yeah,
0: it's definitely supposed to be. If you, you be ever
1: more... turn on Info Wars, I mean, it's the exact same set and everything. Like, I'm sure if they would have kept going, he would have been selling protein. Yeah, mix like it he was Alex Jones and the fact that they did that in that way okay it's scary because it's too perfect
0: so we should note that I mean because he is just J. Jonah Jameson to me but it's J.K. Simmons in case you just haven't picked up on this yet it's J.K. Simmons who played J. Jonah Jameson in the Raimi Spider-Man films uh he does not look he does not have the same exact look uh but he's you know bald jk simmons or whatever but i don't know if he's still buff jk simmons from the justice league movie but
1: well if he is buff again it would feed into the alex jones thing since you know he swims five miles a day oh yeah
0: but Uh, but he is essentially jay jonah jameson it's amazing he exists in this world and he so he blames spider-man for the elementals attack because of course nobody else knows that it was fake Uh, And he broadcasts doctored footage of the incident, filmed and recorded Uh by Quentin Beck,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, in which uh, he incriminates Peter for his death. Uh, So at least J. Jonah Jameson is still calling Mysterio a hero. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Beck reveals Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker. And the movie ends the same way, or the mid credit scene ends the same way The, I believe that mid-credit, was that the mid-credit scene in Homecoming where Aunt May discovers that he's Spider-Man? I don't remember if that was the end of the movie or if that was a credit.
1: It was a credit. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, but it
0: ends the same, it basically ends the same way with, like, them cutting on a swear word. Uh, Yeah, that was just awesome. I did not in a million years think that. They would do that? I mean, because people are like, you know, if they're going to do J. Jonah Jameson in this universe, they should just bring J.K. Simmons to do it. Because, you know, he is that character. And they're just like, <laughs> well, you know, he was in those Raimi movies. They'll never do it. Here we are in 2019, Glenn, J.K. Simmons back playing J. Jonah Jameson.
1: It's a beautiful day.
0: It really is. It's a good It's a good time to be a Marvel fan. Because, oh my God, I just hope that there's a ton more of him to come. But And I presume there will be. Uh I yeah, I don't know. I feel like this shouldn't be too terribly hard for Spider Man to overcome. How much
1: money do you think they had to give him to Like I don't know if he particularly loved being Joan J. Jonah Jameson. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if it's like Hey, we'll give you like a million bucks to just do this in one day of shit. Yeah. Like he's like, Yeah, sure I'll do it. Just sit in
0: front of a green screen read these lines
1: yeah uh, Oh man it was it was the best
0: but it was oh man it was so good so good uh yeah better than the end credit scene for sure
1: oh and she was probably all her sources too you know for whenever mj kept talking about like oh that's what they want you to think like mm-hmm. i was thinking i'm like oh i wonder if she's like into like if they're gonna talk about daily bugle being like an info wars thing Oh and God, so, when the yes. fact that they do that at the end, I'm like, "Holy shit, that's exactly what it is." Yep. She she was an alt right conspiracy theorist <laughs>
0: in a way. <laughs> um. But yeah, I. So yeah, end of the day, I really like this movie. It's not no, it's my man.
1: It was the Night Monkey. Oh yes. Oh, when he goes to the Netherlands jail, like, also, that's great. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> Nether yeah, there's a, yeah, there's You guys a... speak English? You guys speak really good English, oh.
0: Welcome to the Netherlands, yes. <laughs> like, he escapes, and, like, he just asks a guy to, if he can borrow a cell phone, and he's like, sure, and he's like, everyone's so nice here. <laughs> he's
1: like, oh, where, where, can you t- where are we at again? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and he just tells him on the phone, oh, yeah, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, he tells the guy, the Netherlands guy tells him but he cannot pronounce it. So he's like, could you just say it to him in the phone? Um, yeah, uh, that was a great scene. I, yeah. So I really like this. Uh, I, you know, I didn't like it more than end game, but I mean, I don't think this was really necessarily designed for that sort of thing. Uh, this is, you know, this is like almost dare I say, Glenn breaking bad esque where you've got like the big, huge thing that happens, not last uh, and then you kind of do, like, a nice cool-down thing last to close out the, yeah. the phase. But this was a really good movie.
1: No, kind of, I mean, it ones. was a good movie. Like, I liked Homecoming. I thought it was also good. But mm-hmm. man, this like, was better, definitely. I, I only saw it in theaters once, and I've never seen it since. And yeah. I can't remember a whole lot that just stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, when it's on Disney+, I'll like, yeah i ought to watch this again or at very least i want to watch a lot of scenes again like you know when they come up on youtube for movie clips and they you know have eight clips from the movie like this is definitely going to be one of those where i just watch certain scenes um but no it was uh yeah i mean all the kids were good i mean i say kids but all the high schoolers were good the whole class trip they all had their kind of moments in a way um I liked him and MJ's stuff. I just, I really felt cheated. I wish they would have, I wish that they could have done more. Like if this movie really was just like Peter Parker on a European vacation, um, and trying to build up the courage to ask her out, like I, I would have been fine with that. You know, if the, if the climax of this movie is him going to the Eiffel Tower, Black Dahlia, I probably would have found it just as enjoying as a big fight on the tower bridge.
0: Yeah. I also like uh, what they're doing with the MJ character, too. Like, I love how, like, non-traditional she is. Especially for, like, a superhero
1: girlfriend. She's not, like, the trophy. No. Like, like... Well, you can say that's always the problem is, like, MJ's definitely always smart. Like, she's always had her own thing. Yeah. But, like, in those Sam Raimi ones, like, she was, like, the trophy girlfriend. And that's even in the comics. It's like, oh, you know whenever he first meets her she's like oh you just hit the jackpot tiger like it's she's
0: yeah.
1: you know special but it's not yeah i mean not so misogynistic i guess is what i'm trying to say
0: she just feels like a real person to me like she likes her favorite flower is the black dahlia because of the murder because of the murder <laughs> yeah which they say in the movie a couple times even in like a like a romantic spot between peter and uh, yeah, MJ
1: she has the shattered one in her hand.
0: Yeah, like, oh, and they both say like the murder at the same time. Because
1: like, well, I like it broken.
0: Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, she just doesn't seem like the normal cookie cutter girly girl. And well, I think I mean, that makes like,
1: it uh, stand out. You know, I know she tells him that she was only paying attention to him because she's Spider Man, and so you know, which is a good moment at the end, you know yeah. on the bridge. You know, and they, this is kind of the whole thing in the movie is, like, yes, he has the Peter Tingle, but, like, he is so oblivious to everything around him. Oh, yeah. So the fact that he does have this Spidey sense, he is so oblivious to everything. Yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of a thing from the comics, too. But uh, Spidey
0: sense only seems to work really well for him in heightened situations. Yeah. Like... When he
1: focus and use it.
0: Yeah, like, May throws a banana at him at the beginning of the movie, and it just hits him right in the face. is <laughs> like, I
1: thought you had a, a Peter Tingle.
0: Yeah, uh, that and also that's a through through joke for the for the movie as well that he hates. Please, that, please don't
1: call it my Peter Tingle.
0: Don't call it my Peter Tingle. Um, awesome.
1: Well, yeah, you told me about your Peter Tingle.
0: <laughs> um, so, what would you give? Uh, Far from Home, Glenn.
1: Uh, really, I would give it a five.
0: Wow. There's, there's nothing.
1: There's nothing I had an issue with in the whole movie. I was laughing the whole time. Again all the characters have their little moments like Ned, even just, you know, the dumb, even just dumb high school things like his whole plan to talk to her on the plane. And Mm -hmm. then just like eh, good setup, good punchline, like just throughout the whole movie. And again, like, even though, you know, that she kind of likes him, because she does a good job of playing it coy, but definitely you can tell that she is interested in like, she may think he's spider-man that's what makes her hesitant to want to talk to him but like even when they're in venice right like she's with brad this whole time and Mm -hmm. she deliberately breaks away from brad to talk to him and she's not just talking to him because she thinks he's spider-man like you can tell she has a genuine interest in him yeah um and so it's just it's a lot of just those little things like there's just you know yeah the movie was long but man it went to me it went by so fast i thought the whole stuff with jake gyllenhaal was great like um, you know the, their first fight that they have in the Berlin Europol station I mean holy shit I mean I think to me like special effects wise that was just awesome mm-hmm. I, I liked it more than like in Doctor Strange and other stuff that they've done I just thought that flowed so well with the what was real and what wasn't real and mm-hmm. um, you know definitely feeling like him where I was just like my brain is just kind of overloaded you know just sensory overload at certain moments in that. Like, I just... I really thought the movie was great. And it's funny because I was... I I almost didn't see this movie. Mm Because I was thinking, like, man... I know all these Marvel movies, like, to me, like, yeah, they're good, but I am burnt out. I'm kind of just done with superhero stuff. Like, and I was telling Ben this, and he kind of agreed with me. And then I started playing the Spider-Man game, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to see this movie. Mm -hmm. And the fact that... I don't know if it's going to reinvigorate me to like want to watch every scene. I mean, I'll probably still see them, but I don't know if I'm just going to be in a hurry to see them all the time. Yeah. But I'm definitely more of like, man, I want more Spider-Man stuff. And this has come from someone who has a kid. I never really liked Spider-Man all that much.
0: Yeah. Same here. Um,
1: So the fact that I am invested in it, like in this way, uh, and I think a lot of it's goodwill because of the video game, especially that day or, but spider verse, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just seeing that there's other things they can do with Peter Parker besides like, Oh, he's a good kid. Who's got it real rough financially. Like, I'm glad that it's not just that trope over and over again.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I loved it too. Uh, I didn't go five. I went four and a half, but I, Really, really, really like this more—way more than I thought I was going to. Uh, yeah, this is like in the, the my top ten MCU movies uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what else to to say about it. Uh, I, I'm still a little on the fence about how high up the pantheon of villains uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is. I'm still not entirely. Sold that he might be dead because they did they do kill him off, uh, and, as, yeah, and he
1: asked, Is this a, is this real?
0: Yes, uh, and as we know in Marvel movies, they do tend to kill off their more interesting villains, so
1: <laughs> yes, they do, uh,
0: they, they do tend to be one and duns, but I, I will
1: say, as someone who's never really cared for Spider Man villains. Because mm-hmm. I just thought they were cool costumes. Yeah. Um. You know, we said the same thing. Like, Michael Keaton was outside of Loki was like the best villain they had had until you know Thanos came in and Josh Brolin just rocked it in Infinity War. But like, mm-hmm.
0: Killmonger. So far, was I think villain. they're
1: two for two and they're villains. You know.
0: Oh yeah, with Vulture. Uh, yeah. And from Homecoming, yes. Uh, yeah. So I was I was really impressed. Uh, I, yeah. I honestly didn't expect to like it as much as i did but
1: i wasn't expecting to enjoy the ned and betsy brant stuff because that was fun at first i'm like oh of course they're just but it was i guess it's just because they leaned into it so much that yes it was so tongue-in-cheek there's like yeah you know what that's fine i i get it but
0: it was yeah fine. it was it was cute uh and it was there to to drive it peter for not being in <laughs> a relationship either like you know, he's trying really hard. He has a plan, and Ned just walks into one. And it's yeah. and also, it's over by the end of the movie as well. They uncouple well, by the know, end of the movie. Well, you know, she
1: became a woman, and I became a just We drifted apart, but we we'll drift... always have... <laughs> <I'm> sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll always have these couple days.
1: And I uh, like that they, they turned Brad, like, they turned everything against Brad about taking the picture of him with the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent yeah yes look i'm gonna be the cool teacher but brad you gotta quit doing that shit
0: that's really screwed up (laughs) that you took a picture of him with his pants down uh yeah that was all that was all good stuff there's a lot to love in this movie uh highly recommend it uh it deserves it deserves all the money it's regular. Yeah, even
1: Flash thought it was weird. So the fact that you could get flash oh, yeah. in on the like, oh why would you do that, man? Like, flash like really Peter dislikes either, but... Flash
0: really dislikes Peter, but loves Spider Man. So there's the yeah. the joke there as well. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And I think it helps that they had the ending of endgame to play off of for Peter Parker. Yeah. I think that uh, you know, that all helped uh, a great deal. So after this Glenn, there are currently no officially announced, like Marvel movies for 2020. I mean, there are. They have movies slated, but n- what they are yet have not been officially announced. Although I, I think we not all know the
1: that. Black Widow better Call Saul. What's that? Oh, did you not hear that Kevin Feige when he said they're gonna do the Black Widow movie? He said he wants Better Call the MCU. Oh yeah and i was like i mean
0: i mean you could do worse you
1: get, yeah you could do you could strive for something worse than that but also um, yeah it's that's kind of hard to do oh yes cuz uh, you know you know how i you know how you and i both prequels so
0: oh yeah and we love better call saul so you yeah. also
1: uh, 2020
0: also 2020 stupid. i mean i think we know that there's going to be another black panther another doctor strange and other guardians
1: um, we well, of the ones that you know aren't really announced, but you can definitely tell are going to happen. Like, what are you most excited for? Is it Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: I mean, if they really are going to do As Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel like that's going to be a ton. I mean, because just their interactions from Gun. Infinity War were awesome. With and and this time it will be with James Gunn. Uh, I don't know. I'm really, I am really excited about that. I don't know if it's a hundred percent confirmed that that's what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, it feels like he was setting up for Adam Warlock. I don't know. It seems like there's going to be a lot of fun. I'm probably most excited for that, but to be honest, I'm, you know, I wasn't let down by Dr. Strange. I like that a lot. I really like black Panther. So I'm going to be really interested to see the sequels for those movies. Uh, I'm curious about the Black Widow thing. You know what they're going to do there. I mean, obviously, obviously that's a prequel, but so far every prequel they've done or anything that has prequel-y elements to it have all tied into the MCU. So I'm curious as to how they're going to do this now that Black Widow is deceased. So I don't know exactly how they're going to tie it in. It'll, I mean, it, it, it'll exist and it'll and if be. If they're
1: going to have Jeremy Renner in it. Kind of getting to the point
0: where they need to de-age him. They may, yeah, he's getting up he there. he's looking; high.
1: he was definitely looking fifty yeah. in uh, Endgame.
0: Yeah, he's look, he's he, he is getting up there uh, for sure. I'm sure there'll be another Ant Man film. I'm sure as well at some point. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'd probably say Guardians Three is the thing I'm most excited for. Uh, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what gets announced. Uh, I'm I presume at some point they're going to announce new properties. Well, aren't they
1: showing up for Comic-Con this year, MCU is?
0: Well, that's what I've heard, is that they are going to have something, so... Because, like,
1: Warner Brothers isn't going to be there. Um, There's a bunch of people that aren't going to be there this year.
0: Yeah. It's a lot like E3, where, like, Sony didn't show up. Uh, There was no PlayStation (laughs) thing at all. I mean, a lot of PlayStation games, but Sony themselves didn't do anything. Uh so yeah, I don't know. It it'll, it'll be curious to see uh what we what we get. Uh all right. So that's a wrap for this episode of the uh of the podcast. Head on over to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, just search for Cinemageekly Hit subscribe. Uh and that's a wrap. Glenn and I are going to go watch some more movies, I suppose. Uh I'm actually not sure what I'm I have a backlog of movies that I want to watch. I'm not sure if there's anything coming out soon that I'm itching to see.
1: Oh, man. You don't want to see Crawl, the alligator movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but... I do. It I mean, looks so terrible.
0: It, I mean, that could be your Dwayne Johnson versus a building movie for 2019.
1: That could be. Uh, I mean, I want to see... I, I, I have I mean, Stuber I do want to see Hobbs and Shaw because it looks... Yeah. Completely absurd.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've got like Lion Lion King is probably the next thing. It also
1: feels like half the WWE is in that movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, Hobbs and Shaw.
1: Yeah. Well, like the Uso brothers are in it. Roman Reigns is in it. The Rock, of course. Yes. Yeah, The Rock.
0: All the Samoan guys are in. Uh, Lion King is probably the next one on my list that I'm dying to see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Once upon a time in Hollywood, that's around the bend. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: that is like right around the
0: corner. So yeah, I want to see that as well. I don't know. We'll we'll go watch some movies, and then we'll we'll think about them for a while, and then we will return to talk about them on another Cinema Geekly podcast.